Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, hey, I's married now. <laughs> Welcome to Brown Ambition, where we're two married old ladies. Two well, old married footy duddies. <laughs> I know. All the picture came out, Mandy. I have to show you the picture where we were both holding up our rings at my reception. Oh. It's so cute. I'm like, ooh, look at us. Is that the kind of picture where people are going to like hate us once they see it? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, congratulations, officially. I know. It was all Mrs. Superwoman. I know. You know, everyone keeps saying that, hey, Mrs. Super, hey, Mrs. Yeah, Superwoman. You mean I'm not unique and intelligent <laughs> yeah, and hilarious? Okay. Uh, How does it feel? The exact same. Like, I, he, <laughs> he is definitely different. I'm like, why are you so protective? I told you. Yes, told you did. You. The man it's- feels different. Yes. Yeah, because I asked him, I'm like, do you feel different? He's like, I do. I'm more worried now. Are you okay? Is everything okay? And meanwhile, I'm like, do, 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 do. Someone said to me, like, something, something, your husband. And I started laughing because I thought, oh, that's cute. You're trying to be funny. And I was like, wait, no, wait, that's really my husband. Wait. <laughs> so it hits me, like, um, sometimes, like, wow, I'm actually, like, married for real. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> excuse me, versus shacking up. No judgment. Um, uh, oh, living in sin. Guilty as charged. <laughs> Yeah, excuse me. Um, what has ch- have you made any changes financially since you've been married before or after? Yeah, schedule up, stuff. Well, up until now, um, it was like so he paid the rent and then I paid all the smaller bill. Like I paid like the PSC and G bill and like our cable bill because mm. that's I think that's the only two real bills that we had. Um, and so, and then we didn't really have a joint account. We we had a joint savings account that at first was like our vacation account. And then became our house account. And other than that, like our money was pretty separate. So like no joint checking or anything like that. Um, so I'm trying to figure out like, like, do we continue that? I feel, I feel like it's a little bit disjointed. So we're, you know, you know, I, I, you know, I still want to maintain obviously some, like at least a, a personal savings. He can maintain a personal savings, but we're just trying to figure out what's the system that we want to use. What about you and, um, and husband? Like what system do you guys use? Um, I mean, I don't want to say that we have a system, but we, we keep our checking account separate. We don't have a joint debit account, but we have the same bank. So it's, it's really easy just to like, you know, give me this money, give me that money whenever, you know, we we have the same bank too. That's good. Yeah, we do too. Um, we definitely have a joint savings account, um, which we started when we were saving up for the wedding. We just started putting everything in one pot. Um, actually he might have a little side account that he's still... I don't, I, I don't honestly don't know, but it doesn't matter as long as he's saving in it. 
um, you know, for like gifts and stuff that he wants mm-hmm. to pay for. And we share a credit, a couple of different credit cards. Although I am, it got a little too, um, you know how when one of you is a, I'm going to mess this up. I, I always get confused if joint or authorized. But anyway, one of those statuses gives you access to the other person's um, account so you can see everything. Okay. And the other one, you don't have any access. So really, you have access to the credit card, but you can't see what's being charged on it. Yes. It's, it's one is like you're a co, you're basically like a co user. That's like both of you guys have full access. And then yes. authorized user, one of you has full access and one can use it, but can't really see anything else other than what you do. Right. That's so we're joined on one and then authorized okay. on another. And the authorized okay. one, I just I just was losing track of it because I couldn't see what was on there. And um, so we're going to uh, okay. just move to one where we can see what's, you know, we both kind of see what's what's on it. And no one has to be like, can I have the password, Do you know, yeah. or whatever, because we're paying we're paying bills together, but we yeah. we have the opposite situation and we've kept it. I still pay the rent and then he pays um, all the little bills. OK. Um, and well, there's a couple of less, a couple of fewer bills to pay these days because we paid off his student loan debt. Woohoo! Look at y'all. And the car debt. The last Good. bit of car debt. So awesome. we are officially, we are officially like capital D debt free, not wow. just like credit card debt free, but Oops. no debt. I cannot wait. Like, honestly, he's been debt free. I mean, like, you know, like little credit card here and there, like, oh, you know, I've got a thousand dollars on my whatever card and it's paid off in two months. But he's for the most part has almost always kind of been debt free. But me, I've been lugging around the student loan debt that at the end of the year, um, I just submitted um, some form to kind of like um, to get rid of at least $20,000 or like $18,000 of it based upon the fact that like I was in the uh, teacher teacher uh, forgiveness program, but I didn't fully get like what I was doing. So a friend of mine helped me and she was basically like, girl, this could be erased. Not all of it, but a significant portion because I owe about 50. So about 20 will be erased. And so the 30 I can pay off by the end of the year. So then I'll be capital D debt free and we'll be both debt free, which would be awesome. Okay. I'm going to make you slow (laughs) down because I know this whole public student loan forgiveness situation is such up it's so up in the it air. Is. Trump's education budget would do away with it. And even people would do away for would do away with it with people as of next July twenty eighteen, I believe. And even before that, people who even knew that they qualified didn't really know if they qualified because yes. the very first people who would have qualified would have become eligible in this October. Um, so I'm not going to lie. It's been very, if it wasn't for the fact, like one of my friends, you know, like all of our, like so many of our friends are financial educators. Mm -hmm. So her specialty is student loans. So how to get your child to school for free, what to do when you're in school so you can go to school for free. And once you graduate, how do you get rid of the student loan that, so that's her specialty. Her name is Angela. I know I talked about her before and I keep saying I'm going to have her on and we don't. Um, (laughs) so I was telling Angela, Angela, I said, hey, Angela, you know, I was a school teacher in Newark for a number of years. I don't know if I took advantage of the program. Is it too late? So she basically looked at my, my, um, you know, like when I was uh, working as a teacher, it wasn't in the, in the right um, area because you, you have to work in a specific like zone or whatever. And I was, um, and then she also, we called the federal, like I had direct loans. We called them together to see were there, was there something I can do? And they basically were like, yes, like that when Tiffany was working, cause I worked for over 10 years, which is the requirement. And when I was working, did I, was I making payments? And I did, I think I made 
four years of payments. So that they kind of assigned a number to what four years of payments would mean in forgiveness. Now, had I known better, because there were moments when I couldn't afford payments, had I signed up for the income-based repayment program, my payments would have been really nominal. And even if you pay $0 a month in your income-based repayment program, that still counts as a payment. So right. had I stayed and, and paid for the full 10 years, many of my $50,000 would have been would have been forgiven right now. Yeah. I didn't know. <clears throat> so I'm like, well, so basically for the years that I put in and the years that I made payments, they're going to forgive about $18,000. So this is like we call it federal because there's so many questions I didn't know to ask. Like it's, even when we were first asking the, the person on the other line wasn't fully well. Who did you first. ask your loan servicer? Yes. So first we called Nanvian and then we called direct loan um, because I had both. And I think we 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 took my Namviant and uh, loan and, and brought it to direct loan because they were both federal loans, but one was Namviant, one was like um direct loan, and th- it was direct loan. It, th- th- those are the people that were um, really instrumental in. Okay, Tiffany, like yes, you you fulfilled the requirements, um, and this is what you're you could be forgiven. Um, and then even then, because my school was such a small school, they couldn't find it. Um, so I actually had to go back thank goodness my dad was the director and get like a app, like an, um, a notarized letter saying, yes, this school was a real school. I was a director. Then I also had to bring my, um, my, uh, taxes from back then to say, look, I was paid by the school for those 10 years. So it was like a whole, it's not a, it was for me, it was not an easy process. It's been months. And so basically we submitted everything. They're like, okay, yes, you proved it to real school Two, the schools in Newark, which is a zone or wherever that, that qualifies three, you qualified as a teacher. So all of those things are in order. And so now I'm just kind of waiting for the, Hey, one, we'll take $18,000 off of what you owe. And then if I can pay in cash in full, which I'm going to, um, they'll take another 15% off. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So this is just, it's so different from what you hear. Because I mean, I write stories about this, my my writers write story about this, and and your experience is so unique. And I feel like this is just, this is just proof that if you're confused about it, at least call, like at least call and ask the questions and figure it out. And, and because I don't know, it seems like, it seems like even some of the servicers are as confused as we are. And then they kind of just have to work out something. And honestly, it wasn't, and, and I didn't find the server to be um, like rude or na- she really didn't know because Angela was so well-versed. She was like, well, isn't it true that if she, you know, so, and she'd be like, oh, well, let me ask my supervisor. Oh yeah, you're right. So we were on the phone with the servicer a good 25 minutes where Angela was basically coaching her through. Well, that's not necessarily true because if you look, Tiffany does qualify or, you know, and so if, if I had called my own, I would have just got to know and then I would have went about my business. And so um, it's, it's not easy to find, you know, um, I mean, Angela doesn't do too many one-on-ones anymore because it's really time consuming because we must have been, I must have called the servicer with my quote unquote aunt Angela for like, you know, three or four times. So, um, so in, in a lot of these providers that help you with the service are not always very reputable. Um, but actually, I actually told Angela because she's so knowledgeable. She actually just went to, I think she went to go sit before Senate or Congress or whatever to just, um, to, uh, she's fighting basically for reform because it's so complicated. I told her, I want to figure out a way to do like a series of like online web classes just so she can walk people through the what the general process looks like and what questions they need to ask to advocate for themselves because it is very confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, look forward to that, hopefully, because I know if it wasn't for her, honestly, I would not be saving this. I didn't even know that, like, um, one, that, you know, 
that they were like, I'm like, I, I was a teacher so long ago, but that they were like, yes, we'll honor that Two, that if I paid off the rest in full, I could get a 15% discount. Um, and even then, even the money that they, um, that they excuse, you know, technically I have to pay taxes on it. And even then Angela said, there's a form that you can fill out where you can, um, basically request for that to be waived for you not to have to pay taxes on the student loans that were forgiven. So I'm going to ask you to slow, to dial back a bit. So are you talking about two different things? On the one hand, you're, you're qualifying for public student loan forgiveness. On the other hand, you're going to settle your debt for less and they're giving you a discount for that. Well, even anytime you don't have to pay anything in full, that's a, they, they look at it like, okay, it's not the 15% discount. It's the fact that my loans are forgiven. So that $18,000 that it's forgiven, you know, the federal government looks at that like you were forgiven. That's money you made. Right. And so regardless, so like if I, if the whole 50,000 was forgiven, that's money they considered that I made so that I could be on the hook for taxes for that. And she was like, yes, you can, but there's a form called the 990 form and she was like you know she's she filled it out several times with her clients and she was like you know we haven't been denied yet that we can get that that um your taxes waived on that um and so there's just so many little nuances that I was just like wow it's like a a whole science onto itself and I just, it's like the government runs our student loan system <laughs> it's I know. so convoluted it is honestly and honestly so. there were times I'm not gonna lie I've been working with uh, I mean I haven't always been like as present like I thought I should but me and Angela have been working on this for like at minimum uh, six to seven months you yeah, know because you've longer. been yeah you've given little updates here and there Mm -hmm. So it's not been a, a smooth, like I said, my process is a little bit different because my school was so little so that they just had a hard time finding it. So you, you know, if you work at a regular school, they won't have that, that trouble. But like oftentimes the loan processors don't even know what you're talking about because there were multiple times where she had to be like, she'd have to walk them through and say, go into your system, look for code. And I'm like, wow, Angela, what in the world? How do you know these things? And she was like, this is what I do with my life. Like she's dedicated to this whole student loan uh, reform and ways for people to go to school without having to Hey, Angela has nine children, and all of them went to school. Wait, whoa! Yep. Whoa! <laughs> nine. Okay. And so they all went to school for free. Oh, amazing! Okay, so we are definitely going to have Angela on the show. We're going we're gonna to make it happen. I'll make it happen. I'll make sure. I'll I'll, I'll make it happen. <laughs> you give me your information. So what I want you guys to do, um, we get so many questions from you guys. We love them. So if you have a student loan question, if you have a question about your debt, about loan forgiveness, about whatever's happening, send us your questions now and then in, pre in preparation for the show with Angela. Um, and we can maybe have her some, have her answer some of your, 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 uh, your questions. So um, to send us a question, you can go to brownambitionpodcast.com. And there's a tab that says, ask us anything, or you can just email us at brownambitionpodcast.com at gmail.com. Um, and I was trying to think of like, I know we talked, you know, this was fascinating, but there's, I'm trying to think of like a few takeaways. So one, definitely, if you are overwhelmed by your federal debt, and you're in the public sector, and you're confused about this, <clears throat> at the very least, at the very least, be making payments on time or enroll and enroll in income-based yep. repayment. Well, um, I don't know that you, you, I'm not sure if you have to be enrolled, but I do know that you have to be making payments. If you're not making yeah. payments and then two, forgiveness, remember, does not happen until after 10 years. So 120 
uh, payments. So, so it, just know that like you can enroll now, but it, you know, it, it's not until after 10 years in that public sector, you're a teacher, you work for a bank. Even some people don't realize like if like a liquor store, she was saying like our state, are they state run state owned? That would be considered the public sector. She was like there, you can actually call direct loan and say, you know, where's the list or so I can see if my job qualifies for the public sector, because it's not just teacher student loan forgiveness. There's uh, public service. Is it public service? I think it's called public oh, service. So, yeah, I'm sorry if I said teacher. I meant public service loan forgiveness. So we're talking mm -hmm. about anyone working for the government. Like mm -hmm. my husband was was uh, considering qualifying or enrolling in, in uh, public service loan forgiveness. If you're like, I don't know, firefighter, policeman, any of these like public service jobs, um, nonprofits, 501c3 nonprofits. Um, so at least be making payments on time. Call yeah. your server to ask about it um, and ask them to enroll you. Um, this whole Trump, this this education proposal is just a proposal. It, it hasn't been said, it hasn't been voted on at all, I don't think. Um, and they're saying it probably won't pass um, Congress. So um, I know people were worried about that, but it may not even happen. So I feel like if you at least take the steps now to prepare yourself to be eligible for it, um, that's better than like putting your head in the sand and doing nothing. Yeah, it is. And you know, you, you can't get, you know, forgiveness if you're, um, um, the, what is the word? Uh, not, not defrauded, defunded, the, oh, it's been a long day. Um, ah, you know what I mean? When you're, uh, defaulted, there you go. So when, you just, you, when you miss several payments, basically. Yes. Yeah. So you want to make sure, because honestly, it's just really scary, like what's really happening out there, what they're pushing for. That default used to be, what, 90 days? And now really the current administration is is pushing for default to be after the first payment is missed. Yeah. Which never, you know, which never was so for, um, for federal student loans. Man, you know, uh, I don't want to confuse people, but. I've heard with some servicers default is 270 days, but they have been trying to like keep it lower and lower and lower and lower. Mm -hmm. It's just so confusing. I mean, I like having, I mean, on the one hand, it's great to have the federal government overseeing. I don't want to get into like a political thing, but it's great to have them oversee the, you know, have, uh, the, the student loan program because you get low interest rates. It's guaranteed. You have flexible repayment, but it's just when politics get involved, it's just so complicated for people and it just makes our job so much harder. To try yeah. and explain. Um, but we will give you guys a great student loan episode. I promise. It is time. Yes. And it is time. <laughs> it is time we promise. Um, so this will be your teaser. And then we'll have another show. We'll have Angela. Maybe someone else come on. Um, send us your, your student loan questions. Again, brownambitionpodcast.com. Ask us anything. Oh, you went I to know. Essence Fest. I did. It was Liddy. You know, I'm young now, so. Um, Is Liddy a know. thing? I think so. Okay. Um, it, well, you know, it, it, was, <laughs> it was a time. You know what I really liked about, um, well, first of all, I was crazy because I got married on Wednesday and flew to Essence Fest on Thursday. And I was like, why did I, why did I do this to myself? <laughs> <laughs> it was too much, honestly. I was overwhelmed. Um, and so, but Essence Fest was great because. It's just always, it's like big black family reunion. So like, look at Cousin Mary, look at Cousin India. Um, what I loved most about Essence Fest was um, the people are just always really, it's such a great, awesome uh, vibe. So I got to speak for Essence themselves. Um, and that went really well. We had like a packed room. And then I also got to speak for Ford. And that went really well. Um, 
But what's really cool was I got to meet up with, so there's this secret group, which they're probably like, Tiffany, hush. But, you know, I don't know if I mentioned it. Did I mention it last year? The West African Voltron group? You did, yes. Ooh, yes. So it's just a group of super duper amazing West African superstars, like people who are doing like, like lovey, you know, people who are doing really well. I mean, people who are like top folks at major companies and brands like Uber and Apple and uh, the um, um, Abiola from OK, OK Africa, which is like the number one site for like all Africans to like go to for music and all this other kind of stuff. Um, so it was great because we have this uh, like WhatsApp group and um, it was like kind of the first time that a lot of the, a lot of us had actually met in person. And so, and everybody was so chill and down to earth. We had such a good time. And, and like, just the, like the hookups were awesome. Like one of the women were like, Hey, who wants, you know, we're having brunch with Mary J. Blige. Who wants to go? I'm like, uh, I want to go. And so there was Mary crying on stage. I was like, yikes. Um, and then like, uh, well, one of the other girls was like, Hey, I'm having, we're doing the salon talk with Indy Irie. It's going to be like 15 people in the room. Who wants to go? I'm like, um, Indy Irie is my spirit animal. Well, I got to hug India and meet her and talk to her. I was like, oh, my God, Tiffany, don't freak out. And so it was just really awesome. But honestly, the biggest lesson I learned from from Essence was, I'm not going to lie, I met a lot of top-level folks, and the happiness level is not that high up there. I was so shocked at how many uh, sad, unhappy people I'd met at the top of their game. Wow. And it what was do you honestly, think it was? Tell me, because I'm interested. I'm fascinated by that. Yeah, honestly, it was that they had allowed, um, they had allowed life to get away from them. Meaning that the success was rolling in so fast that they forgot to protect their happiness. So, for example, you know, it, I'll just give Mary for example, because everybody knows Mary's going through a divorce, right? So here's Mary J. Blige. You know, hip hop. Um, R&B goddess that she is, you know, she's number one in that genre. And she spoke, and this is what she said, like, you know, she, um, they had it recorded and I recorded it too, that for 10 years, she's been unhappy 10 years because Mm. of the marriage that she was in. And she was afraid to kind of like let people know that she had made a mistake. And this was not the person that she wanted to be with because of where the position she was in in life and not wanting to be embarrassed and not wanting. And I just thought, like allowing um, the outside perception to overshadow the inward reality. And that's what I saw over and over and over that I'm the president of, you know, XYZ huge corporation. But honestly, I kind of wish I spent more time at home with my kids, but I can't say that because as president of XYZ corporation and a woman, you know, if you say that that's weakness. So instead I just won't see my kids and I'll just be miserable at work crying. And you're like, what? Like, it's the pressure of keeping up with what you've created on the outside, even if it no longer matched what you wanted on the inside. And it was such an eye-opening experience. Mandy, honestly, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. It it came at perfect timing because as, as my businesses start to grow, I'm at the tipping point of like next level for myself and my businesses. And, and now I just got married and it was literally like, Tiffany, what are you going to choose? And it was such a, a, such a great time for that lesson to be um, relearned because obviously I'm choosing blue and Superman and like, like even if it means taking a step back and making less and doing less, I'm okay with that. Now I don't, you know, I'm still going to go for my goals and stuff like that, but not, I'm not going to sacrifice 
what truly makes me happy for what looks good on the outside because I've seen what it looks like. I mean, some of these people are like, when I say top of their game, chief marketing officer of XYZ, like CEO of, I mean, major positions. And most of these were women, obviously, because it's essence. And the sadness there. I mean, like literally we were, I was in a room of these top level women and they were commiserating together and crying, Mandy, crying. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I feel like um, you and I, I don't know, I've been having the exact same thoughts um, with my career as you just talked about. Like, I've been thinking a lot about my happiness level. I've had a really good few years and I'm making triple what I was making a couple of years ago. And that mm -hmm. is fantastic. And it's exciting. And in my head, I've been, you know how they have those studies that come out where it's like the happiness, the, the, the peak happiness salary, like after a certain salary, here's where happiness seems to level off. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's around $70,000. I feel like that's true. I don't think, I mean, it's just shocking to me. You know, I had um, a great year financially and I am sitting here and I'm like, I'm not any happier because of the money. Yep. Um, I'm, and I'm not getting any happier. I've, I've had two really successful years and I thought it was like, Oh, this is amazing last year. And now it's like, it's even more amazing this year. And I personally haven't felt like happier on the inside. And so it's made me think what is making me happier. It is my relationships. I mean, it's simple stuff, but to actually think about it, it's the fact that I still take trips. It's the fact that I still see my friends all the time and I spend money on, um, you know, going to see my friends and spending, um, you know, spending time with, with my husband and his family. And it's just so simple. And you're right. It's so easy to let things get yeah. away from you. And I feel like I'm at the point in my career with this, you know, we were recently acquired and it's really exciting. And it means that my job gets bigger and more, there's a lot more pressure. And I'm like so cognizant of the fact that I need to hire the best team I can possibly hire mm -hmm. because they need to be there to support me because I cannot, <laughs> I don't want to, be, I don't want to, it's almost like I have the opportunity to either build the best career for myself, the best sort of team, or I can build my own coffin basically. Yes. Like, yep. I can just bury myself. I can hire bad people or be too proud to hire anybody at all and try and do it all myself. Um, and I, I don't know, it's, it's, I'm in a unique position, I feel like, because I, I can sort of, I can, um, I don't know, create my own um, work schedule, create my own work environment um, in a way that I haven't been able to, to before. And I want it to be one, I want it to be one where I can still leave at a de decent hour. I want it to be one where I still don't have to list, check email at like nine o'clock at mm -hmm. night and deal with corporate crap. And, um, and I, and I, I don't know, I, I, I'm just, I'm, af I'm not afraid, but I'm nervous. It makes me nervous. It makes me feel like it could all, it could all go another way. And I could end up, like you said, those people who are, you know, promoted, 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 and then reach the top level and are, I don't know, sobbing in a room full of women I at know. Essence Fest. <laughs> Yo, it was so crazy. I remember one of, you know, it, it, it struck me because like, I, of course, who didn't want a picture with Mary? We could, we were all able to get a picture. She got up on stage, explained how she was like, cause it was a, a brunch for Planned Parenthood and cause Mary supports Planned Parenthood. 
Um, and so they were honoring her, you know, and she got up on stage, she starts to talk, you know, and starts to cry and basically to be honest and say, you know, I'm tired of living this fake life. I'm just going to be honest. I know it might look crazy. I don't even care anymore. Right. Like I'd rather just be actually happy on the inside, even if it looks crazy on the outside. And so, and so she gets off stage, she has her glasses on, she's for real. And I mean, I've never seen Mary in person before, you know, so I don't know if this is, but you know how you look at someone and it seemed sad, frail, not like snatched frail. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm losing weight, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, cause she was there with her sister who they look so much alike. And her sister was also slim, but like this, like happy, you know, kind of like, Oh, I'm snatched slim. So she seemed so frail and fragile and everyone was still lined up for a picture. And here she was with her glasses on tears dripping underneath it, smiling. And I thought to myself, she is still caught in the matrix and so someone said to me oh you want to you know get a lot with me to get a picture of mary and i said uh how can i in good conscience the woman just got off stage crying why are we still asking her to perform for us That's like true. she's not you know and i just i mean i get it you know i was not obviously i'm not judging anyone because it's mary who doesn't want to get a picture you know with mary but i just thought to myself like yikes i don't want to live that life even if it means less i don't care because you're right i mean like i make i mean i can't even in comparison to what I made when I was a school teacher, it's ridiculous. Like what I make in comparison to then, like literally what I used to make a year, I make a month, sometimes even in a week, what I used to make as a school teacher for the whole year. And yet when I was a school teacher, I was happy. Honestly, I love the babies and I'm happy now, but, and I'm not going to lie. My budget has probably changed by like, my life probably cost me maybe, maybe about a thousand dollars more a month than when I was a school teacher, because I'm still like a cheapo. That's just like my nature. So the money hasn't shifted anything. I mean, you see me, I just finally got a car so I could not die in my old one. Um, So the money hasn't shifted my happiness quotient up. So I just want to be really mindful, you know, of like really protecting uh, my happiness, even if that means pushing other opportunities away, because at the end, what does it all mean? Um, so yeah, Essence Fest, whoo, child, child, it was a great lesson. I mean, I, you know, I, I also got to see, have, do you watch, um, Insecure, Mandy? Do I? Did yes. it? Yes. Wasn't I just fanning, fangirling out over Avita because she said that, or Evie, that she said that she worked with on the show. She's like an executive producer or something. Yes. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, no, Avita is not. Um, she was like, I think she just like got like a little spot. Like she went to go visit Issa and got like, you know, they taped her. Um, but no, actually, I saw Avita on the plane to Essence. It was funny. We sat next to each other. And so, um, but when we were down there, um, Issa Rae had uh, two viewings to see the next episode. Sha, it is lit, lit, lit. I thought you were going to tell me she's very unhappy. And I was like, no, not Issa Rae. Well, no, honestly, Issa seemed like, cool. I don't know. You know, her energy seemed up and happy. And it was, the room was just so great. Solange was watching with us. I said, look at this life. Solange seems happy. Like, "Mm, I'm going to be happy. Her boo was with her who like was funny. Well, not funny, but he was like walking down the steps and he tripped and fell. I mean, (gasps) I didn't. I didn't giggle only on the inside. He needs to protect their brand. <laughs> Does he not know that he needs, he has a lot to live up to. I, um, I, I, he fell. No, but it was like, it's such a great, so it's, for those of you who watch Insecure, honestly, the next episode, I guess for season two is going to be amazing. It's a great episode. It's just so well done. No spoilers, please. No spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. No, no. It's just a great, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I didn't really watch all of episode one. And when I mean not watch, I mean, I didn't watch any of it, but I caught up in that one little episode because everybody was like kind of sharing. I was like, Oh, I see what's happening here. And this is amazing. Even the promo for season two is amazing. Got me so excited. (laughs) Um, 
Well, that's great. Yeah, I I feel like, yeah, um, I don't want to be miserable. Yeah. And Oh, here's what I was going to say. I, I think this is the reason why I've, I've, ref- I, I struggle. Like I, I, we, we have a podcast. I am a public figure in media, quote unquote, but I've never really like leaned into the whole, you know, being a personality on social media and stuff. Cause it just felt so fake. Like, I don't want, I don't want my Instagram to just be like, you know, inspirational quotes and look at me being this fabulous and look at me here and look at me, you know, like it just drives yeah. me nuts. And so I, I constantly go public and private on my Instagram feed. Maybe if you tried to follow me and it was like, oh, it's a closed account. Just wait a few days. I might <laughs> open it. I go back and forth because I want to I want to keep something for myself. And I feel like social media can be so depressing. And yeah. I've unfollowed a lot of people who I feel like this person is just being fake. This person is just posting the most fabulous, you know, it just doesn't feel real. And and I and and I think that's okay. I'm just going to like, I don't know, you kind of feel sometimes like, oh, I should be doing this because this is what everyone else is doing, Yeah. you know, and, and I just, it's not making me happy. So I'm just not doing it, you know, and I think yeah. that's going to be okay. No, but you're right though. Social media is very, it's very, um, a weird space because you're like, do I be a Debbie Downer and say today sucks? And sometimes I'll write that. I'll say, oh, today was a hard entrepreneur day in general. Yes. Do I like being an entrepreneur? But today I didn't. So I try to share sometimes those sides because I like for people to see. I posted my essence lesson. You know, I was like, yeah, all this fabulous stuff happened. But let me let you know, folks are miserable because I wanted people to see, like, uh, don't be fooled. Like, it's crazy out here in these streets because, you know, I think um, – I, I, you know, I like to, to, to lean on the side of positivity, but I also like transparency so people can see and choose for themselves. Like if you're waiting like for that, like, you know, that extra $10,000 or if you're waiting for that cute outfit in order for you to feel joy, girl, you better get your joy now because it's, that's not where it's going to come from. You better hug. Like, like today I was having like a rough day and I was like, you know who I need? I need Roman and Amelia. That's my niece and my nephew. And Roman's one and a half and Amelia's like four months. And sure enough, as soon as I opened the door, he was jumping up and down, clapping like, Auntie! you know, <laughs> and I, like instantly, whatever it is that I was stressed out about went away as I played with him and held her. And so that's my happy space. And so finding kind of like what your happy space kind of looks like outside of, you know, these external kind of like, you know, whatever fame or fortune or whatever that kind of looks like. I'm glad that we're calling it happy space. No more, no more freaking balance. I Let's ban the word balance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's no such thing. There's no such thing. Yeah. But um, yeah. Well, if you guys, I don't know, if you guys want to share mm-hmm. something that you feel makes you happy, advice on how you find your little happiness um, in life, um, let us know. I'm always open to, just don't tell me it's yoga. Cause I hate yoga. Um, <laughs> I'm never going to be a yoga, a yoga person. I started my book club this summer. It's made me so happy. I started my own it, book club of one. I have no other members. Oh. It's a club. Oh, wow. <laughs> Because, I was like, what are you guys? Uh, what are you personally reading? <laughs> um, there's 30 books. Uh, oh, well, you know how I used to get summer assignments? I used to love reading books in the summer. That's all I would do because I was so bored in Fayetteville, Georgia. Um, but I just I haven't done it in so long. And I've tried to join book clubs, but they're not serious enough for me. They just take too long. They give you like two months to read one book. And then it's always like not the greatest book. So I'm just doing it for myself. And I spent a lot of money on books. And I feel like that – I don't know. That's something I haven't spent money on in a while that I – that I feel I feel good about. That's just one small thing I feel like I've done 
this summer and I'll know that work's getting too out of control when I feel like I can't read a book a week. That's when I'll know something is off. Yeah, that's good. That's a good like measuring stick. Like I like just like I like a I like living next to a park because it's just nice. Sometimes I'll just drive and sit in a car with the windows down and like I, I actually watched this uh, uh like a oh I don't want to call it a documentary but kind of a docu video that um it's on um, iTunes called Can't Stop Won't Stop. It kind of shows like uh Puffy P Diddy like in the beginning and him preparing for the um the Bad Boy World Tour that he had. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. Like literally I took my laptop to the park and watched it in the park. And I was like, why are you always in the house? Get out of the house. <laughs> you know, because honestly, yeah. the sun, just a change you, of scenery. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody has their little thing. You should figure, you should kind of have a list of a mental list of kind of like your, your little like happiness points. Like you're like, Ooh, I love Indiari. I play her music. You know, maybe it's a walk. Maybe it's a friend that you call. Um, everybody should have something that they can kind of lean into because child, this world, this life, it ain't easy. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right, let's move on to some questions. We haven't answered questions in a long time. I know. Um, If you guys have questions, you know where to send them. We want your student loan questions specifically, but any old question will do. You can go to brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com to email us directly or brownambitionpodcast.com if you want to do things the hard way. And and, uh, hit the Ask Us Anything tab on top of the site. Oh, we didn't even mention. We're going to have this on the site soon, but... We had a we had a bit of a, um, a media moment a couple weeks ago when we were <laughs> featured in a little magazine called Fast Company. Heard of it? Have you heard of it? <laughs> have you heard of it? I've heard of it. Um, it was freaking awesome. I have a copy for you, by the way. I got like I got them to send me a couple copies because I'm old school and I want to clip it out and put it on the fridge. Um, yeah, they named us the top five or in the top five of their pod- business podcast to listen That's- to. Freaking awesome. Which is freaking awesome. And it's not like we knew anybody there. It's not like anyone gave us the wink, wink. We'll put you on the list. It just happened organically. And that's how I like it. It just shows. They be listening. They be listening. You guys have supported us. Thank you so much. Um, And keep the love coming. Go to iTunes and leave us a review. Um, The more reviews we have, the more love iTunes will give us. And the more likely it is for folks to find our show. So Mm -hmm. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, now it's about you guys. We have a question. This question, our first one, actually, I love this question because I get this a lot at Magnify Money. Um, It's from listener Ayana, who has a question about co-signing. She says, No. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it! (laughs) 
and we're done. There you go, Ayana. No, this is another. <laughs> this isn't should I. This is she's already done it. Okay. okay. Um, she says, I co-signed on a car loan. It's too late for her. I co-signed on a car loan a few years ago for a family member. He can't pay off the loan and I'm stuck with his debt on my report. How can I be removed as a co-signer? Payments have not been made for a long time, so he's not in good standing, and selling the car isn't an option because he doesn't know where it is. Help. Okay. Oh. So we'll just forget the part where the car is lost somehow? Yeah. I, I was going to say, because typically the only kind of two ways that I've heard of people getting out of co-signing is, one, basically selling the whatever the thing is that you have co-signed for, or two, sometimes... The reason why someone needs a co-signer is because um, the the bank or whoever's loaning them the money doesn't feel like they can trust them to make on-time payments. So if they've made a series of significant on-time and in, in, in full payments, then at some point you can kind of say, hey... I'm no longer needed in this process because they've shown you for the last year that they pay. And oftentimes they'll do like, um, you can request to be taken off because this person has paid for the last two years. So two of those things are not working in your favor right now. So I'm not going to lie. I don't, I, it sucks. It sucks. It's, this is a good example of why it's not a good idea to co-sign if, unless you're a hundred percent sure. Um, even if it's a family member that they're going to pay it off. There's a third option though for getting removed as a co-signer, which is to get the loan refinanced. Um, if you if they can get the loan refinanced, that means basically they're going to take a new loan, use it to pay off their existing loan, and when they do, they'll be the only ones on the new loan. But that doesn't seem like it's going to be a good option either. Why? Because in order to get a loan refinanced, you're going to have to have good credit, decent credit at least, high 600s, low 700s at the minimum. Um, um, and it sounds like he's been missing payments, which tells me his credit card, his credit score is probably not high enough. Um, that being said, uh, you could, I don't really know his credit score. I don't know how many missed payments he's had. Maybe there's a chance. Um, so maybe talk to him, see if he'll go to a, like a credit union or shop around for a refi loan, um, and see if that can be an option. Um, or unfortunately, Maybe try and help him make some on-time payments. I know that sucks, but it's like, what else? What else do you have to do? I mean, if you help him make payments, um, you're at least helping him get towards some good standing at the bank, and then maybe um, you can do like Tiff suggested, which is to ask them for good behavior to remove you. Um, but I don't know; it's not looking too good, especially if you can't find the car. Yeah, how are you gonna lose a car? Is it stolen? You report it. I don't know. Right. Well, it sounds like to me. Does I he wonder- have insurance? Did they repo it because he didn't pay? Oh, that's that possible. I feel like we're missing some information. <laughs> yeah. So let that be a lesson. I'm not going to lie. One of the, because me and Superman don't really get into um, like confrontations, but one of the ones that we had, one one kind of big challenge that we had was that he'd asked me to co-sign and I said, uh, no, like right away. Mm, and he yeah. was like, Right. And meanwhile, we were living together. It wasn't like, oh, he's like my new boo. It's like, no, we were together for like two years already. We were living together. He couldn't believe I said no. I was like, now if you, I can loan you money. But my father always taught me. And I said that my father always taught me that money you could get back your name. It's very difficult to. So I won't co-sign, you know, you're not 
my husband yet. And so it, it didn't go over well. But now that we're like, you know, like two more years in, he understands now why I said that. Because, you know, he's like, well, Tiffany, I mean, we live together. Of course, I'm going to pay. Yeah, but things happen. You can lose your job. You can get sick. You can. I just didn't. It's not a good habit to have, you know. And so I'm glad that I did it because we're in a better position now. And, you know, but um, yeah. So co-signing, my dad told me, he said, not even for your sisters. He's like, if they want to borrow money, give it to them. He's like, but your name, keep that. Absolutely. Great lesson. Yeah. Sorry, Anna. <laughs> I hope things work out. I hope he I finds know. that car. The least you can do is sell it. Um, and maybe, you know, here's a situation people find themselves in, though, when they, especially now when these subprime auto loans, I cannot, there's the interest rates on these subprime loans. That's where you get a loan if you have bad credit. Um, car deal, car dealerships and car financing or auto financing lenders, banks and stuff, they're totally willing to give you an auto loan if you have terrible credit, but it's going to be a significantly higher interest rate. It's going to cost you to the, in, in an extremely low, a long term. So you may, cause this is what people do. They, they get a car loan and they only focus on the monthly payment. Yeah. Sometimes we get we hear from people who go to a dealer and they're like, I only want I can only afford to pay two fifty a month. Give me a loan where that's gonna be the case. And what that means is they're gonna give you like a seventy two month loan. What? At like a nine percent interest rate or higher. And ba- you're going to put yourself in a situation where you're going to put more money into the car than it's worth. Yep. Way more money into the car. Way than more. It's worth. So if you sell, if you try and sell that car to pay off your loan, you're not going to be able to. Yep, you may even, be- oh, go ahead. I was going to say they call that upside down. That's when they say you're yes. upside down in a loan, when you actually owe more than what the car is worth or whatever the thing is. Absolutely. So when you're shopping for a loan, always, always shop for your financing outside before you even step into a dealership. That's the best thing. We did when we got our loan was shopping around and then the dealer um, offered to match our interest rate because we came in with financing already. Or just, you know, do like Tiff did and pay cash and go on with your life. Exactly. Pay for a car you can can afford. Okay. Um, Next question. Where'd it go? This question is from codename 1080p. Good codename. She says, I currently have two credit cards, she or he. I currently have two credit cards through my credit union, and I'm looking to apply for another one because I want one to give me more rewards. Would it be better for me to apply somewhere else, even though my credit union seems to have a good rate and rewards for what I'm looking for? Any feedback would be appreciated. So she said she currently has she two currently credit cards. has two credit cards through her current her credit union, but she wants to get a rewards card basically. Is it oh. smarter to stick with her credit union because she's, you know, already has two cards or should she like shop somewhere else? I say, so I've done this where one of my credit cards, it's like, because it's, because it's just a lower interest rate or whatever. But I also remember Mandy, like I jumped on that Chase, was it Chase Venture? Is that what that was? Oh no, Chase Sapphire Reserve. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were like, uh, today's the last day to get your hundred thousand points, I got it. And honestly, I've already flown. I think I've got, I've already earned like three three flights um, with like, aside from the hundred thousand points. And so I have a regular credit card that I was using, but I use my Chase Sapphire a lot more now because I, I like to travel. And so I let it pay for travel. And so I don't think there's, if you're responsible, I don't think there's anything wrong with getting right. A, a rewards card, especially if the reward is something that you use frequently. Like if you're, you know, a big grocery shopper, so you're getting a, a grocery card or you spend a lot of money on gas. So you get a gas rewards card. Um, as long as you're responsible with your credit cards, they can be a great tool. Yeah. And I mean, it's, don't 
be loyal to your bank if if it's not giving you the best product. Like I think people feel it's this weird loyalty to the bank and something that's attached to it, like a brand loyalty or something. But there's there's more. We just did a study at Magnify Money that found that credit card rewards have quintupled or tripled or something crazy over the last 10 years because banks are competing for business more than ever with credit cards. So the rewards the rewards out there are a lot sweeter. If you haven't gotten a credit card in the last five to 10 years, there's bound to be a better deal out there. Um, and you should take advantage of it. There's no reason not to have a credit card where you're not getting rewards now. Um, I mean, I'll go ahead and, and, and um, I'll post a link to our uh, credit card comparison page because I think it's one of the best ones out there. It's totally unbiased ratings. We don't rank them based on, you know, we, with like affiliate agreements and stuff like that. But it's just an easy way to see what are the offers out there. Um, and you can even put in how much debt you have and what kind of credit card you want and where you live. And they'll give you a list of like banks and, and credit card offers out there today. Um, good luck. Yeah, 10, go for it, girl. 1080p. Um, let's do one more. Okay. Because I'm enjoying this. Um, this question is from Chantel. And it's actually, we were talking a little bit about this earlier, about relationships and money and how you split your finances. I'm only going to tackle one part of your question, Chantel, because the other one's a bit complicated. But um, Chantel says, I'm 35 years old and I'm married for five years and have two daughters. My husband and I are currently preparing to build or purchase a home. This involves paying down credit card debt first. Um, and saving some money. So I have two questions. Um, how do you fairly split a mortgage with a spouse that makes significantly less money? And number two, do you have opinions about building a home versus buying a home? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say uh, number two. I don't. I don't have an opinion on that. How to build versus buy? I mean, whatever you can afford. I don't know. For me. I mean, it depends. She says she moved from Brooklyn to Delaware three years ago, um, and in her state, it's affordable to build a home. I mean, you have to sit down and work out the the, 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 the finances and the numbers. I mean, maybe if you can wait that long, maybe it's cheaper to build um, it's, versus it's buy. Not, I will say that one of a friend of mine. You well, you know Jason Vitug, um, Mister yeah. Frugal himself. So his best friend is a major contractor that I'm working with, and he was he did say that. Oftentimes it's uh, cheaper and actually a better investment to build, he said, because the materials and the labor will often end up uh, costing less. And then like say like you might spend one hundred fifty dollars to build this beautiful home. But then when it gets assessed later because of everything, all of the pieces combined together, it might be worth two hundred thousand. So finding like, you know, like like what does the type of house in your area that, you know, what what it would normally sell for, the type of house that you're looking to build and see how much your builder can build it for. So it might be financially wise to build a house for less and then it appraises for more later. So that's that. But the splitting of the bills, yikes. I mean, I think, Mandy, we're both in that kind of position, right? Like making a little bit more than our booze. Yeah. I mean, we've always... Uh, we used to, okay, before we just did it now, well, now it's not really, we haven't done any math. It's just like, okay, the rent is the bigger bill, so I'll cover the rent. Um, I don't know what percentage of my income that is. Um, but anyway, before when we were making, you know, a little bit less, I just did it. I think I did it. So I was paying 80% of the rent and he was paying 20. Um, and I think we decreased that eventually. Um, or, I mean, that's one way to do it. You can just say, I'm making... I'm you're making 60% of what I'm making. So you'll, you'll pay that much less of the mortgage. 
Or you could just like, I mean, this is what I'm considering with Superman. I, we haven't like, you know, we, we still are just, we've had a couple of talks, but we're just trying to figure it out that putting both of us, putting a percentage of money into a joint account that that's just going to like that account pays the bills. So it's like, yeah. let's just say, you know, we both say 50% of our income goes into this account and that's the bills account. That's the book. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I am still, I'm reading a lot of articles to see which way suits us best. Ultimately though, to me, when it comes to stuff that happens in your marriage, it's your rules, you know, like, cause people will tell you like, Oh, well, this is the best way. I mean, and, and maybe for their marriage, but ultimately you get to decide how you want things to go. So you just want to make sure that you and your husband are on the same page where you're like, we, we both feel right about this. So I don't know that there's a right or wrong. And I, I, I suspect that Superman and I will start off one way and slowly evolve until like, okay, this feels right. You That's know? what we keep, we keep iterating. And I feel, here's one thing, my mindset when we got married, this is the one thing that did change for me. Is it really, I mean, I just told you we paid off his debt. Um, it felt like I, and I'm surprised that even myself, I feel, I feel like our finances really are like it's, we're in this together. His debt's my debt. Mm-hmm. Our rent is our rent. So for me, it doesn't feel like I'm paying the rent and he's paying the utilities. We're just kind of taking care. It's all our money, you know? It's all coming from one household. I mean, it's different bank accounts, but for me, I don't think about it as much anymore. And since you guys are married, um, I don't, I, I don't know. I wonder if, I mean, I don't know. It, it could work for you to, to think of it as splitting it. Um, maybe it, you know, makes you guys feel better if you split it a certain way. Um, I say first, you got to figure out if you're really splitting your finances. You know, how much can he afford to pay and still feel comfortable? Find yeah. out, find out how much he has coming in and how much he co- has going out, and how much he can afford to chip in, and then that's your number. You know, because yeah. no, there's no sense in saying he's going to pay. You know, I'll pay seventy five percent of the mortgage, and he'll pay twenty five percent if he can't afford twenty five percent. Exactly. Exactly. So it doesn't, because also too, you don't want to leave. No one should be left with nothing at the end, you know? Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. you know, cause I've seen that before, honestly, I've seen couples that are like, well, you know, we're both going to put 50%, like, you know, like I, you know, the, the mortgage is a thousand dollars. I put 500, you put 500, but they make five. I, I mean, that's the only way that I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know if that's a good place to be because no one should be left with, I don't have anything for myself at the end. Um, but yeah, even I if think it that, feels fair, you know. Yeah, exactly. Whatever that looks like, it should feel fair. It should feel open. I thought about what you said a bit because I'm really good with my credit card, uh, Superman. Although he pays it, I'm like you and this swiping problem. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Every time, I, like we went out to, we had our first like grown couple, um, like uh, well, not grown couple, but married couple, like date. Because I finally got back from Essence Fest. And he was like, you know, we haven't gone on like a date, like, a, you know, we got get dressed up and get cute dates. So there's this cute little restaurant in uh, Newark called Allegro. And the outside is so pretty. You feel like you're in Jamaica or like some tropical island. It's it's in the Ironbound, which is like largely Portuguese and um, yeah, largely Portuguese, the Ironbound section of Newark. And it's really beautiful. This um, the backyard of this um, of this uh, um, restaurant. So we went and we're. We're eating and he paid and he took out his credit card. I'm looking at him like, dude, because now I'm like, before I used to be like, whatever, it's his credit card. But now I'm like, this is our debt. I'm like, you don't have your debit card? I forgot it. And I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, because like, uh, like, I just kept thinking we're paying for this date, you know, like, and so I'm, I'm that's Isn't something that annoying. There's no such thing <laughs> as splitting anymore. Yes, it's not. And so I thought to myself, OK, I think I like the idea of having like a joint card 
because I think it would help because a lot for him, it's, I just think that he, he's not a big spender, but he's like, like Oh, I forgot my debit card. Oh, I forgot. and I'm like, Oh, so it's always, I'm always looking like you're swiping and then maybe it'll take you two or three payments to pay off this credit card. So you have the money, but you're not paying it off in full every single month. So it's costing you more. So, you yeah. know, like the financial educator me is like, ah, so I'm trying not to be a control freak, but I'm always watching like, is that your credit card? <laughs> he's like, Tiffany, please don't budget these to me. And I'm like, okay. So I have to figure out a way to, um, to, because I like for us to, to not have debt and um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, isn't that the story of everyone's relationship? Though <laughs> one person is the spender, the other one's not. Yeah, one's, one's a little comfortable having a little bit of credit card debt, and meanwhile, yes. I'm like, how do you always seem to have a little bit of credit? Yes, card? can we just nip this in the bud? Yes, it's always. It's never like it's not like it's thousands of dollars, but it's always a little bit of credit card debt, and I'm like, how do you live like this? I was. I will say, though, when this was happening a few years ago, when we had just moved in together, it was because he was paying too much in in the rent. And I was like, well, why didn't you say something? And because he was like, you know, really cutting it close every month and then okay. leaning on his credit card because he didn't want to not pay for dinner once in a while. And, you know, there's all this like emotional stuff, too. And That's we just true. had to have a conversation. And I was like, OK, we tried that for a few months. It's too much. So, so let's iterate. And I, but sometimes it's just like, I forgot my debit card at home and you're like, and it, you're right. It might be them. that. I'm like, you know what? Let, maybe I have to look at the bills to see, is it, is it? Cause I set him up on a savings plan and I suspect that maybe I have him over saving mm. and then, and then you're paying the rent and then it's like, uh, I'm left with whatever it is and it's not quite enough to see me through. So, um, it might be that because sometimes I'm overzealous. So I'm like, maybe let's relook at your budget <laughs> He probably doesn't want to say, like, Tiffany, you have me over saving. I don't have enough money to live my life. <laughs> That's a problem, too, over saving. It's a real thing. It is. I'm guilty of it. Not anymore. <laughs> um, but, yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much for your questions. Uh, again, you can go to brownambitionpodcast.com. You're like, I know, Mandy. I've heard it a million times. <laughs> but there may be someone new. Brownambitionpodcast.com. Um, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. Those are always nice. Send us some yep. love on our Facebook page. Um, yeah. Love to hear from you. Yeah. This is great. I, we always have such a good show. And if you're new and you're listening and you're joining us from Fast Company, hey, family. I feel like we need to um, we need to come up with a, little, a cute little, like, you know, like family, cousin, something. I don't want to call my, the, the listeners something for some besides listeners. Oh, I always say BA fam. BA fam. Oh, that's true. BA fam. BA hey, fam. BA fam. Ambitioners. No, that sounds weird. Lamely? No, Mariah Carey already has that. <laughs> yeah. No, I think a BA family is good. BA I fam. Want... Do you yeah. want to close out with some wins, though? Ooh, yes. There was something I saw and I forgot. Go ahead. Do you have a win? Um. Yeah. Well, we first of all, we missed both Obama girls' birthdays. Ah! I kept I kept putting it on my notes, and then we weren't having shows, and I was like, oh, Malia and Natasha. God, I wish happy birthday. Yes, her name was Natasha. People lost their minds when they found out. I know. I'm like, Sasha's, uh, Sasha's it, name is Natasha. Yes, I didn't think that was a big deal, but okay. Um, my second win was going to be Kamala Harris. Have you seen her? So she's a senator from California. I feel like I, I feel like I have a stake in her career because like a long time ago, I interviewed her for a story I did uh, when she was a uh, district attorney in California, and now she's in the Senate. And she was that you might have seen her on Facebook on your Facebook feed because she's that 
um, the junior senator who was in some sort of hearing on Capitol Hill, and um, she was interviewing the current attorney general um, about this whole Russia investigation and all this stuff. And he was like talking over her. And then like someone else told her to let the guy speak. And, and she just like got all like, basically, she was getting like mansplained at her own damn mm. hearing where she was supposed to be. She was literally there to ask questions. Um, and I feel like she's become like the new, she's become like the new hope of Democrats, mm. like a young, ambitious, African American woman, I should say, um, in Senate. And, um, so shout out to Kamala for having her moment. Yes, Kamala, you better let them know. I can ask my questions and you will answer them. Yeah. So mine is a little bit shady, but I love it. So, shady <laughs> so if you did not know, uh, Kylie and Kendall Jenner came up with these t-shirts where their faces are superimposed on Biggie. This is one t-shirt. Another one is Tupac. Another one is Ozzy Osbourne. What? Meanwhile, with no permission. And so Valetta Wallace got them all the way together. I'm going to read verbatim her um her Instagram. She said, I'm not sure. And I'm going to give, you know, the little attitude because I just feel like Valetta Wallace had all of this. I'm not sure who told Kylie Jenner and Kendall Jenner that they had the right to do this. The disrespect of these girls to not even reach out to me or anyone connected to the estates baffles me. I have no idea why they feel like they could exploit the deaths of Tupac and my son, Christopher, to sell a t-shirt. This is disrespectful, disgusting, and exploitation at its worst. I said, you better tell them, Miss Wallace. <laughs> um, but I just thought that was crazy because I'm like, so, I mean, at the level that they are, like, so it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't just Tupac. It wasn't just Biggie. It was Sharon. It was not also having that, obviously, with Ozzy. So I'm just like, and they were selling the t-shirts for like $150. So I don't- Making money off the backs of people who had talent. Yeah, but it's just so crazy because I'm just like, but I mean, I feel like the average person knows I can't take someone else's image and do what I want with it, let alone someone super famous. So it's just, you know, I just got a little joy from Miss Wallace, like, you know, coming at it from her peaceful, fabulous life to, you know, um, to give the black mama stern talk to um, these two young girls. And so they, I've heard since then, obviously, they've taken the T-shirts down because obviously they don't want to get sued. No, they're so, getting sued. It just came out yesterday. They're getting sued. Yeah. Yes, even more of a win. <laughs> I'm sorry. And not that I, I don't have a Kardashian, like, but it's just a lesson learned in, like, come on, girl. Like, this is, it's just not right to take people's images. So well, at least get a good legal team who's not going to, you know, who's going to, who's going to be like, hey, girl, perhaps you don't want to do that. It's maybe illegal. Yes. I feel like you could hire some better lawyers because I'm not expecting them to know the finer details of trademark and copyright law. I just feel like they should know how to hire the right people. Exactly. Well, you're going to learn today. You're going to learn today. So, yeah, that was my little shady win. (laughs) (laughs) That was shady. I know. I'm glad to have you. I'm glad to be back. Yes, I am too. Um, and, and we'll be back next week with another show and another show and another show. Um, Tiff, you tell them where they can find us. You can find us at uh, Podcast at gmail.com. Is that right? I can't believe. Two years. <laughs> and I've said it 17 times this episode. I know. I can't help it. 17 and a half times. But yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. And then you can also find us at brownambitionpodcast.com. 
And we are Brown Ambition on Facebook, where you're going to get your life, because we like to post both fun, shady, inspirational, all things brown videos. Um, and two, we're on Twitter. Are we the BA Podcast or BA Podcast? At the BA Podcast. At the BA Podcast on Twitter. So either way, just reach out. And then Mandy, you're Mandy Money on Twitter? I'm Mandy Money on the gram, although you can't follow me. I'm in my private stage right now. <laughs> oh, I can't. What are you on Twitter, girl? Find me on Twitter. At Mandy Woodruff. Okay. And I'm the budget Nista on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm I'm public. So she said, okay. <laughs> yo, Mandy's a hot mess. I can't, I can't. I'm just keeping my options open. <laughs> she said, good luck with that. No, it's no, about, you can't see my Didn't time. we talk about our own happiness today, Tiffany? It makes me happy to close this is the true. I just want to close the door sometime, okay? <laughs> Plus this it's weird true. when randos comment on pictures of your friends' babies. That's what I found this weekend. I'm like, this is odd. You're right, like cute baby. You're like, I don't know you. Don't don't talk about my friends, baby. <laughs> Meanwhile, you posted the baby on social. I know. Oh, it's such a it's such a hard situation, you know. Um. Okay. Well, go have the rest. Good rest of your week. Toast you. to your happiness and your marriage, and many more date nights in your future. Keep it fresh. Keep it spicy. <laughs> <laughs> you as well you know we're newbies in this so we'll be growing growing together The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.